All right, well, the title of my message today is God's Plan for Restoration. How many of you know the church needs to be restored, amen? Church needs to be restored to power and might in the name of Jesus. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 out of the New International Version. Verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray as we go through this, Lord, I pray that, Lord, salvation would be in us, on us, through us, God, that it be what we live and walk out. Lord, that our declaration of faith would declare the Lord, that, Father God, our belief system would be based on the foundation of who you are and what you have done. Lord. Even as Isaiah prophesied that God was sending a cornerstone. You are the cornerstone, Jesus. You are the rock which we build our faith on. And we stand upon Jesus today and the word of the Lord. And we declare salvation, Lord, in this church and in this community and in this nation, Father God. That this nation would turn back to you, Father God. Lord, the way that many did on 9-11 many years ago, God. How they turned their hearts towards you, Lord, out of fear. But, Lord, let them come. Not out of fear, God, but Lord, out of an anticipation of a move of God. That hearts be turned back to you today, God. Let them be restored to you, Father. Let salvation echo, Lord, in our communities. And Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth as it has been designed in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, before you sit down or while you're sitting down, declare this. Declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You think that was good enough? Come on. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's better. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. It's not just something that we say, amen. It's something that we do. You don't just say that Jesus is Lord. That declaration needs to come through the way we live our lives, amen? That people see in you Jesus, that they see that Jesus is your Lord, that you're not off doing things that God doesn't like. You're, you're living the kingdom of God, amen? That the kingdom of God is coming through you. And the thing about believing is that even the de demons believe Jesus is the son of God. I mean, who recognized him when he walked the earth. It was always the demon possessed people that ran up to him and said, hey, what are you doing here, son of God? And he'd be like, shut up. You know, he didn't want to reveal that he was the son of God yet. He didn't want to be spoken. And so he would tell those demons because them demons recognize him as the son of God. So there has to be a level of belief that changes our lives so that we walk in salvation so that we never hear the words Depart from me, I never knew you. Our belief has to be in line with what he thinks belief is and not our own. So today, I'm gonna give you the definition of belief as it's used in this Matthew, I mean, in this Roman scripture. I'd take a picture of it because you need to meditate on this. You need to be thinking about it. It comes from the word faith. It means to trust in, to have faith in, to be fully convinced of, acknowledge, rely on. Belief is more than credence in church doctrines or articles of faith. It expresses reliance upon and a personal trust that produces obedience. It includes submission 
and a positive confession of the Lord Jesus. Amen? That's what it does. That's who he is. And so it, it means that when we believe in Jesus, we're convinced. You're fully convinced of Jesus. To believe in Jesus means that nobody's gonna change your mind, that nobody's gonna stir you towards something else. You're not gonna start playing with other stuff because you're fully convinced of Christ. And when you're fully convinced of Christ, you trust him. You trust him with everything. So that, that causes you not to be moved. That causes you not to be shaken. When you trust in Jesus, you stand upon that rock, amen? And, and it's like, <laughs> it's like king of the hill. You know, ain't nobody gonna move you. You're just on that rock. Delanda is telling me she used to play king of the hill when she was in grade school and how she would always win, you know? And she's tough. She, she's king of the hill. And that's how we need to be with Jesus. We need to be on that mound, on that rock, that we're not gonna be moved. We're not gonna be shaken. But we trust him. Trust him to the point that you're obedient. Everybody say obedient. We need to be obey him, amen? You know, when we obey Jesus, it's amazing what will happen in our lives. Because when we're obedient to his word, it, God just moves in us. When we're obedient, we just shine. When we're obedient, you know, when God tells you in his word, do this, and you just do that, you know, Jake, I don't question it anymore. I don't, I don't have questions. I'm not gonna, I don't sit in a meeting and ask questions. I'm not a question guy. I, I just believe. I don't question the word of God. I, he says it, I'm gonna do it. That, that's where I'm just, I'm in that mode. I'm not gonna, um, well, why would God want me to do that? What do you think is behind that? I don't really care. I'm just gonna obey it. I'm just gonna obey the word of God, amen? To the point of submission. Now I've heard so many times that submission's a dirty word, you know, because um, the Bible says wives submit to your husband. So wives tell me that's a dirty word. I had one lady, while I was doing her wedding, you know, doing the counseling, I said, you know, you gotta submit to your husband. Uh, I don't like that word. You know, she, she'd been single a long time. She'd never been married. And, and she really didn't like that word submission. It was really hard for her to want to come under her husband. But see, what it means is when, it, when you trust your husband, when you're, you're walking together, amen. Now, Delanda's obedient to me, but I don't tell her what to do. But she, she listens to me, amen. And so she submitted to me. And you see, if you can't do it this way, what makes you think you're going to do it this way? Because when God tells you to submit to him, he's gonna want you to do what he wants you to do, amen? He's gonna stir you a certain way. And then he says, you know, that positive confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to confess Jesus is Lord. Now, how do you do that? Is it just saying it? You know, I remember my dad. My dad, he came to the Lord when, when we were kids but there was a lot of junk in the church. My, so my dad just stopped going to church. He didn't go to church for, man, probably 30 years, maybe 40 years. He'd come once in a while if we were doing something special, but he was dying one day and my mom called me and said, dad's in the hospital, he's dying. And so Delon and I ran over to Corona Regional and. I looked at my mom was on one side of my dad and we we're on the other side. I said, what do you want to do, mom? She says, he wants to live. 
I said, okay. So he was 69. I believe that it's a lot for every man for 70 years, 80 if you're a good person. So I laid hands on him and I prayed. And within 15 minutes, his blood pressure was 120 over 70. God brought him back, gave his life to Jesus, started walking with the Lord. And when I say a positive confession of your faith, you know, they told my dad he had lung cancer. So he went in for the biopsy. But before he went, he came to the church and got prayer. And so when he went into the hospital and they went to do the biopsy, you know, they, they take that picture again to see right where it's at so they know right where to go in to biopsy it. Well, it was gone. The positive confession that my dad made, Jesus healed me. To the doctor, to the nurses, to the people that when they went to celebrate at the restaurant, the waitresses, the way, you know, he, he confessed, Jesus healed me. See, and that's where we, we need a positive confession. Every day, God is with you. You, you know what? You can't be lonely. I mean, you might be lonely, but you shouldn't be lonely. Not if you know Jesus. Okay, because he's what? He's with you. He's always with you. He'll, he'll, he'll be with you all the time, right? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but we're gonna get, we're gonna get into that today. But this is all part of, for God restoring the relationship with fallen humanity. This is what he's looking to do. If we confess the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, with our heart, believe from the bottom of our heart, it's amazing what God will do. And remember, what God has done for us is all about love. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. He does. That was number one last week, you remember? God loves us. He loves us so much. Amen? And, and that's the great thing. His love abounds towards each one of us. Now, in, in this restoration process, number one, God does not force salvation on anyone. And that's all I'm going to talk about today. That's number one. That's it. Okay? God does not force salvation on anybody but he does offer it to everyone, amen? Some might think that anyone who does accept God's salvation has actually done something to save him, him or him, himself. It's not true. You, you can't do anything to save yourself except believe. Receive what God has done. You receive it, God has done it. God has done it, amen. He is doing it. He has saved us, he's saving us, and we shall be saved, amen. It's an ongoing process. You know, but if I give Delanda a gift to open and she opens it, all she's done is receive it. You know, and it's the same thing. God has given us this gift of his son and we just have to receive it. It's not, any, I mean, the gift is totally from God. It's not because we're such great people. It's because he's great. It's not because we're so good. It's because he's good. It's not because we're righteous. It's because he's righteous and he's given us this gift. So who should get the credit? God, I give the law to the gift. She doesn't run around saying, look what I, I got for myself. No, she says, look what Ron got me. Look what my husband bought me. And she gets excited, you know, and she loves the gift. And that's what we need to do. We need to get excited and love the gift, amen? Jesus, he is our gift, amen? 
Then there are others who go to this extreme saying that God does it all and we have no choice. If God wants you saved, it don't matter. You don't have a choice in the matter and you'll be, it'll be done. Now, those who believe that a person can receive or rejects God's free offer for, of salvation are called Armenians. That's what we believe, that you have free choice, that you can reject or receive God's offer of salvation. It's up to you. It's not up to God. God given you the gift. It's up to you whether you open it or not, okay? And so then there are those who deny that people have any free will or choice in the matter, and, are, and these people are called Calvinists. They believe that, that um, it's predestined who will be saved, so it doesn't matter what you do, you're gonna be saved. You know, so that's called Calvinism, and we don't believe that way. I don't believe that way. I hope you don't either, because I'm gonna give you some scriptures today uh, uh, that Calvinists believe, that they base their belief on, and then I'm gonna show you why, as Armenians, why we believe the way we do. In John chapter 10, 28 and 29, it says, and I will give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. And I say, hallelujah to that, amen. And, and then there's another one in Romans 8, where we just read from earlier, 38 and 39. It says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, these scriptures are very powerful and reassuring of our salvation, amen? I mean, knowing Jesus, walking in Christ, this is wonderful, amen? But one thing it does not take into consideration is free will. We all have a free will, amen? You and I can walk right out of the hand of God that no one can snatch us out of. We can just take a journey. And let me tell you, it's usually not something that happens in an instant. It's usually something that happens over time. Hebrews chapter six, verse four through six, it says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age of come. Now, this is talking about believers that have even received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, have experienced the power of God in them. It says, if they fall away, so that lets us know that even as a believer filled with the Holy Spirit, we can fall away. It is if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So how many of you know, I mean, just these three scriptures I've given you, we can fall away from God. And, and it's, a, it's not, like I said, it's not a, a sudden thing. Doesn't happen overnight. It's usually a progression of you've experienced trauma, disappointment, unspec un unmet expectations. You know, and that's why he says, you know, people say, in the word it says, I prophesied in your name. I healed the sick. I fed the poor in your name. 
And Jesus says, depart from me, I'm never, I never knew you. Because the gifts are given without repentance. I mean, God gifts somebody and they, they walk away from God. They, that gift doesn't go away. They still have that gift. Now that gift may be tainted. They may say things and do things that are tainted, but they still have that gift. And so, and, and because, see, this is the deception. Because we still have the gift, we think we're okay. Because like when they said, I prophesied in your name. I, I fed the poor. I healed the sick in your name. And you're telling me to get out of your sight? You don't know me? How is that possible? It's exactly how. They've walked away from God, from the spirit. They still operate in his gifts. They still do the things they know they're supposed to do, but it's no longer done out of love and compassion. It's done out of a knowing this is what I'm supposed to do. See, if you don't do what you do in the Lord out of love, it means nothing to God. If you're not loving people, he doesn't care what you can do. He doesn't care if you could prophesy to a hundred people. It doesn't matter to God because if you have not love, you're not in Christ. And that's how that happens. People get, get experienced traumas and stuff in their life and, and they, don't, they don't just usually suddenly walk away, but they experience things in life that they don't deal with. And listen, I know people, people don't like to deal with their junk. Our head counselor back there said, amen. You'd rather, deal, you'd rather keep your junk, keep it hidden, keep it there, than deal with it. If you went and you saw Elizabeth for six to eight weeks, you'd be good. You'd get rid of it, you'd get healed, you'd get delivered, you move on. We were in prayer the other night, man, and somebody was getting free from some anger, pounding on the wall, pounding on the desk, getting free. And we're like, what in the world is going on up there? I forgot she was up there. I'm like, whoo. You know, so a couple of guys went up there and check her out. And I know, she, somebody was getting delivered of that anger they held on to for so long. You know, and I know people, we, we hang on to things because, listen, the enemy is a liar. The enemy tells you, if you tell anybody they won't like you, they won't accept you, they'll ask you to leave. And that's not true. If you get rid of it, man, you're gonna be so much better than you ever thought you could be, amen? If you take that time and, and you deal with the issues of your life, you deal with these traumas that have been causing you to walk out of the hand of God, if you deal with them, you'll just be right back in the middle of his palm. You'll be right there under everything we read about in those first two passages. You'll be right there and God will be going, wow! And he'll be pouring out on you. He'll just be pouring into you, just filling you. But if you don't want to deal with it, you know, we all have insecurities. We all have issues that we need to work through. And don't be afraid to work through them because listen, if it's that thing that causes you to walk out of the hand of God, you got to deal with it. You can't just stay the way you are. In the word in James, it tells us, it says, verse, chapter five, verse 19, it says, brother, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, someone turns him back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Amen, that's what God, 
That is the body of Christ wants us to be able to do. That we don't just let people wander off, but we go after them. Jesus left the 99 to go after the one, amen? And go after them and encourage them and build them up, stir them back to the faith, amen? Don't let them get so far away that you can't reach them. Because in the, in the book of Hebrews there, what it talked about is that people can get so far away that they'll never come back. They'll never come back. See, so that's where as the body of Christ, we've got to be active about going after them. And we, number one, we've got to be active about making sure that we're right there in God's hand. Not out here dancing on the fingertip. We got to be in the palm of his hand, amen? And we got to deal with the issues that would cause us to walk. But as you're dealing with your issues, look around. Not to get the, the toothpick out of somebody else's eye, but to encourage people towards righteousness, encourage people that you know have, have wandered off from the truth. Bring them back, bring them back. I send a lot of texts, come back to the Lord, come back to the Lord. You know, you don't even have to say like, just say, hey, I miss you. I miss you. Encourage people, amen. That's what God wants us to do. Hebrews chapter three, it says, beware brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, and that's what happens through the time as, as people wander, they, their hearts get hardened to where they get deceived by the sin that's going on in their life. You see, cause listen, when I was not walking with Jesus, the Holy Spirit would come on me and I would pray in tongues. I got filled when I was 18 years old at Delonda's house, her dad laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues for hours. It was an incredible thing. But then, you know, as I got married and we were struggling through life we, and we were slowly walking out here, we were dancing on the tips of, our, of God's finger. And, but the Holy Spirit would come on me and I'd pray in tongues. I'd be sinning like the devil and I would pray in tongues. It's like, but it, it never made me feel like I was okay because I knew better, I, I knew. I wasn't okay. I knew I needed to repent. And when I repented, it was right here, this altar. God just flushed me of things. That's what he'll do for each one of us. He's no respecter of persons. When we humble ourselves before him, God will come, amen. But we have to know that God wants to do it. And he knows, let's see, he knows things that have happened in your lives. And he knows what hardens people's heart. And so he knows that if we don't deal with it, our heart gets a little harder and we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We, we tend to hold back. You know where you used to sit in the front, now you sit in the back. Nothing against you back row people today. But this is why we need each other. This is why we need to come together. Let me tell you, COVID was about separating and dividing the church, getting people to stay home, getting people to stay away. You know, I loved being in the parking lot. That was so fun. I mean, it was hot, I'm not gonna lie. Even at nine o'clock in the morning, it was a little hot, 
But man, it's just, we're coming together. We need each other. We need that hug. We need that encouragement. We need to exhort one another. We need to build each other up. We need to say, hey, come on, man. I know you're going to make it. I know life is tough. I know things are going on. But God's got you. God's going to bring you through it. We need to know that, amen. We need to hear it. You know, last week, I don't see this person here today, but this lady came up to me after the service and she said, Pastor, that I needed to hear that message. I needed to know that God loves me, that God loves me. I said, oh, he does. He loves you so much. You know, and, and that's where we need to be. We need to just let people know God loves you, amen. You know, we don't need to be separate. We need to be together. And together we're what? Better. Together we're better. We need all that encouragement, amen. We can begin to do things on our own way and allow other things that we think are good things to cause us to separate from God. You know, the, the, the devil will let you do those good things all you want as long as they're not God things. See, like I said last week, when I, when I read that book about revolutionary in missions, that pastor from India said, you know, you can build all the hospitals you want, all the orphans, all the schools you want. You can do all that stuff. But if you don't preach Jesus while you're doing it, it's, it's humanitarian aid. It's not missions. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the restoration of a fallen humanity. Jesus, 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 Jesus. But if we should become careless and allow things in to the point that we even feel dry, we feel something's missing, there is an altar that we can come to and we can repent. Repentance is what takes care of those things. God still forgives, amen. He still cleanses us from all unrighteousness. His intent is that none of us would perish, amen, that, but that we would all experience everlasting life. And we know that God did his part for us. We know that we can be forgiven of sins. We've all experienced it. But there can be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came for that. He went to the cross. He took all, everybody say all, of our sin and sickness to give us that opportunity to be saved from eternal separation from God. God wants us. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you. He wants you, amen. He wants us not only to make the decision to follow him, but he wants us to live a life that confesses him as Lord. He wants us to live a life of belief in him, amen. And he's given us free will. He's given us free will. So every day, we need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Every day, we need to make the decision to confess Jesus as Lord. Every day. You know, have, have, you, 
been enticed by the devil to do things that you know you shouldn't? We, I forget who we were talking to. I was talking to you the other day, and he said, he said, you know, there's been times where I found myself in a place where God said, hey, what are you doing here? And he said, like, I don't know. I need to get out of here. I need to leave this place. It's like, absolutely, you know. There's times when we find we allowed ourselves to get into places, things that we know, yeah, God don't want me here. God don't want me doing these things. God wants my heart, my whole heart. He wants me to be obedient to him, holy and completely, amen. Why don't you stand with me today? And I'm gonna ask you this. I'd like us all to just come to the altar today. I'd like us to come with a repentant heart today. That we just get into the middle of his hand. That there not be any, any leeway for even confusion to cause us to walk out. Let's just enter into the love of God today, staying right in the middle of the palm of his hand. Just begin to speak to the Lord right now on your own. I'm gonna pray in a minute, but just begin to speak to God right now. Ask him to search your heart today. Ask him to come to you today to, to minister to you, that you could just get rid of anything that's not of him, that you could be have that repentant heart we're talking about today. That say, Jesus, 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 search my heart. If there's anything in me, God, just show me today that's not of you. Show me today, God. Show us today, God, that we'd be in the palm of your hand, God. That we may not be in a wandering mode, God, but we'd be right there, God, right there in the palm of your hand, believing wholeheartedly in you, Jesus. Just come to us today, Holy Spirit. Speak to each one of us. today, God. Lord, we just want you to search us, God. That, Lord, if we need to let go of anything that's not of you, that, Lord, that you put your hand on it today. Put your finger on that spot in our heart today, God. That, Lord, that we can let it go. We can repent today, God. Lord, we decree and declare today that we will not go back to it, God. We ask, Lord, for your freedom to come into us. That we'd be free. We'd be free. We'd be forgiven, God. Holy forgiven, Father.
Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, where we've fallen short. Do a work in us today, God. We want you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We want more of you, Lord. Oh, Father, just fill us today, God. Fill each one of us today, God. Oh, hallelujah, Father. Break off old thinking. I, I heard the Lord say, say to me earlier this morning that there would be people here, you're not doing the things you used to do, but the enemy is constantly reminding you of those things. And the Lord said, I want to break that off today. That that would not have no more effect on you. It was, it's like a chain holding you back because the enemy keeps trying to guilt you because of your past. Is there anybody that feels that way? Just wave at me right now because I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, amen, 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 amen. So many of us. Father, I praise you and I thank you that you've given us that word today. And I pray that, Lord, that you break that chain off that past and no longer hold us back. Oh, no more in the name of Jesus. No more in the name of Jesus. But, Lord, that your loving kindness would come and would heal that thing, God. Would heal that thing, Father. Let your spirit just come and heal us today, God. Oh, hallelujah. That we be free, Father God, from those things. Be forgiven today. Really, be forgiven today. Be forgiven in the name of Jesus. Be forgiven. Father, we thank you right now. Now, Lord, I pray that you just fill each one of us. Lord, that we can walk in the victory that you have for us. Now, Lord, we just commit to you our lives. We surrender all to Jesus. Just touch us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just, just stay here in his presence for a few more moments. Just let him speak to you now. say I'm healing someone here today because you're not being bound by that past any longer you're releasing it and I'm coming and I'm healing you I'm touching your body right now I'm touching your body right now yeah father let it flow let it flow heal 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 Let it burn, let it 
Jesus today, Lord. have a prophetic word they Why don't you have a seat? 